Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. It's 20 past 10. Welcome back to the Talking Point. So let's get into the discussion around culture with Dr. Zulu Matabo Zulu, African historian and author based at the Madisebo University. Dr. Zulu, good morning. Thank you so much for your time. So maybe let's start. Thank you very much for the opportunity and also greetings at your audience. Ah, thank you so much. I mean, let's start at, at, at a baseline and understand what it is that we mean when we say culture because one of the things that are becoming apparent to me is uh, sometimes it sort of intersects with religion or it intersects with many varied things and it ends up not being clear and distinct to a lot of us uh, what we mean when we say it is our culture what is culture oh thank you very much Uh, baseline is a good way to start so uh, so basically I will provide a three so sorry, two definitions. So one is going to be the domains of culture. So culture has got three domains. And then I will also describe the social design of the African society, which has got three rings. So let's start with the culture. So there are three domains in the culture. Uh, the first domain or domain one is going to be uh, taboos. This is the aspect of culture that has to do with taboos, uh, what they call basutu kilo, ihuila, oguzila, abstinence. And this domain has, is, is more dedicated towards cultivating attributes of self-regulation. And then the domain number two, second domain, uh, is going to be rituals. So rituals is about uh, cleansing, uh, um, you know, sanctity. It's about cultivating a uh, sanctity. And then domain number three is going to be totems. And totems is about uh, veneration, you know, um, reflection, uh, you know, meditation, you know, uh, things like izitagazelo, direto, diboko, uh, you know, and and is it Hugo? So, so these are the domains of culture, and our conversation will be very much based on these three domains. Okay. And then, uh, yes, and and then we've got the the society how the African society is designed. Very important. It has got three rings. What I call three rings. So, ring one is going to be the clay, like for example, Omkonazi. Uh, and so forth. So that is ring one. And then ring two is going to be the extended uh, families. So here we're talking about Rahadi, Bo Rahadi, Bo Malume. Cousins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they fall under ring two. Mm-hmm. And then you've got ring three. Ring three is the biological family where the child is born. So that would mean the parents and the siblings. So the nucleus, so, uh, we could also call that yeah, the, the nucleus. 
Yes. Although I must say, I don't really like the word nucleus because okay. nucleus is is a Eurocentric concept. Okay. And the Euro and in a, a heavy, I I lived most of my life there, so European societies they don't have this concept of rings. So you prefer for, for the purposes ring. of Africa for us to call it. Yeah. So so in our case, we are a Clannish uh, family, actually. Oh, okay. Yes, we are a Clannish family because even in Ring Three, where you've got the biological family, you are still gonna find people who who are not biologically belonging there. You know, like uh, you know, your cousins might come and live with you, uh, oh, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, in other words, uh, uh, in in a Western society, nucleus family refers to one generation. Whereas in African society, your biological family may have several generations. Mm-hmm. You see the difference? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So when we talk about, uh, you know, the, the domains of culture, and for the purposes yeah. of our discussion, I obviously want to focus us um, uh, largely on, uh, you know, South African culture or, or, or us uh-huh. here. Uh, when yeah. we talk about the, domains, the, 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 the domains of culture, the domains. Uh, yes. do we also take into consideration that those domains, right, can vary? I'm a Motswana person, um, as I talk to you, uh, D- uh, Dr. Zulu, may vary. Mm. Uh, my my Mutsuana domains of, of my culture may vary to the culture, for example, of, say, Kosa uh, people. There's certain principles mm. and practices that may be unique to us that may not necessarily be duplicated, for example, with Kosa uh, and or Zulu people. Am I correct to assume that? Okay, yes. A very good, uh, a very pertinent uh, uh, point you have raised. And uh, let's let's define that so that we have clarity on okay. this aspect. Okay. So so um, uh, African cultures, they are pretty much uh, the same. So, but they differ in details, but they do not differ in principles. So we need to make a distinction between the concept of principle and the concept of details. Mm-hmm. So let's make an let's make an example. Um, the uh, let's take something like Mkombuti. Yes. So, so let's say in a particular uh, cultural setting, mm-hmm. they will offer Mkombuti for Badimo, for yes, example. Yes, yes. And 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 when you look at the process they follow, they'll take Mabele, and they'll produce what is known as Mutopo Umtombo Yes. Right. Where they take Mabele. They are gonna take. Uh, they usually take a bag. I wanna see a brown, the old one. Yes. And then they put it in water, and then Baba Zinyama Bele Mohari, and then they cover it, and then after some time, uh, there they will be sprouts mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. and that's what is called motopo agrobon. Mm-hmm. And then from there, but uh, then they are gonna create ba uh, but it's um, uh, what what you call. But it's a thing, which is known as Situtu, for example. Yes. And then, and then, but it's a But now, on the aspect of Ujuala, the fermentation, now some cultural setting, Bujuala may, may have to ferment for three days. Mm-hmm. And in a different cultural setting, Bujuala may have to ferment for five days. Yes. So definitely three days and five days are not the same. 
but that is just an operational uh, detail. So yes. that is the difference. But the principle is the same. I've got you. I've got you. So, exactly, my course, yes. So we are here, uh, Dr. Zulu, because one of our listeners uh, brought uh, uh, to our attention, uh, and I'm sure I think it's been in the media for the last couple of days, about a, I think it was a thesis of sorts that was written by a student about the process of Uguzila uh, or yes. or loosely some people say Horola, right? And, okay. and, 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 and they felt that that as a practice. Um, one was completely patriarchal and uh, was, um, uh, y- you know, uh, was not for the advancement of pro-women. And we wanted to talk to you around rituals then that are tied closely mm-hmm. to African traditions uh, because uh, some of them get criticized or demonized over time, like the example I just made that the listener made yesterday about Huila uh, Uguzila. Where are we with these rituals and uh, you know are people right to criticize them or demonize them over time and does culture allow for their evolution Marcus so now uh, uh, that's why now I brought those domains so uh, and a lot of time they will confuse taboos with rituals yes so taboos fall in a different domain of taboos uh, what we call in Sotho languages the kilo or milo huila and then you've got things like rituals that would fall under um, a ritual domain which have to do with cleansing and stuff like that so for example if there is a case let's say of a uh, death in the family so in a case of death so usually they are all the domains are affected so there will be the, the aspect of hoila to say that you know uh, we don't do certain things right yes. so that will that will affect the domain of hoila and and then i'll give more details on that and then and then from there there are certain things that have to be done like for example the washing of the body of the dead yes. so that will be the, the cleansing ritual stuff like that you know, and then and then of course they will also use domain number three, which has to do with the red, where batareta, you know, uh, the date, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So 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 all the domains become affected uh, in that particular uh, situation. Yes. Now let's let's describe the domain of Oila, which is really your question was directed at that. Yes. So uh, that domain of taboos the first order of business is to understand the purpose of the of that domain yeah what so is, when, what when is they, the purpose of that domain exactly so the mechanism of 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 uh, of taboos is abstinence is regulation and the purpose is to inculcate self-regulation so that you are not overruled by, let's say, sexual desires. Uh, for example, uh, you know, gluttony, uh, you know, eating prohibited uh, foods, stuff like that. You know, so self-regulation is really the purpose of the taboo domain. Uh, a good example of this 
is the great Fusama Zulu, Isanus, the great Isanus, Fusama Zulu, Credo Motwa, in his book, Indaba, My Children. Uh, here's a passage there that says, even the sweetest honey can produce excess of bile, and there is death in every pleasure. So you see, he's articulating the domain of taboos to say that in order to be a well-developed human being, right, you must not be fixated on pleasure. You must be able to regulate yourself, right? Because, and in fact, there, there are a couple of words. There is, a, 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 there is another Zulu word that says, Aguna mango angenaliba. So mango is a, like a, a steep, you know, a, like a, a path that is steep. Either is a steep descent or is a steep ascent. Okay. And and and, I, 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 and don't want, I don't want to get lost, sure. and I, I I I can hear myself getting lost. I I want to get in particularly on the issue of uh, the self uh, regulation uh, with regards with regards to huila or uguzila, which yeah. was at the heart of our, our discussion, and and how the issue of patriarchy was brought in by um, uh, the listener. And one of the things uh, that kept on recurring in the conversation that we were having yesterday was. Um, um, what I felt was also a deeply patriarchal held view, and and you you call it uh, self regulation. You know the issue of uh, 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 sexual desires or gluttony. One of the listeners said, and 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 I, I remember distinctly said part of the reason why uh, to Honali uh, Uguzila for women uh, specifically um, is one. Uh, you know, we men. It, it was a gentleman who called. He said, uh, you know, we men uh, ask women out. That, that, that's what he, 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 he said. And I think it relates to what you're saying about uh, uh, you know, desires or gluttony or, uh, or self-regulation. And, and, and women uh, shouldn't be uh, you know, uh, courted or asked out when uh, by a zeal. And, and I asked a question around um, and I, I like that you quote uh, Credo Mutua. I, like, I mm. asked the question, I said to the listener, I said, you know, the thing about it is, uh, you know, women don't cease to be attractive because uh, they've lost a loved one, right? Uh, why do we, yeah. impo- why do we impose, uh, you know, the 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 restriction or what you're calling self-regulation on women mm. and not men? He says, no, it's in men, it's our nature. We will always ask women out. And I said, but with women, it's in our nature too. We don't stop being attractive. So please elaborate a bit on that and whether or not you yourself find the practice in 2023 of self-regulation of the sexual desire specifically of the woman uh, post uh, him losing, I mean, her losing a husband uh, necessary and why it's necessary for the woman and not the man. Oh, Makus. So now, um, so, so, so to dive deeper into this uh, taboos aspect, taboos domain. So the taboos, uh, they, they, are, they are practiced uh, and, and, and they are also practiced according to gender, for example. So you've got certain taboos mm-hmm. that apply to men mm-hmm. and you've got taboos that apply to women and you've got taboos that apply to children. 
Yes, yes. And you've got taboos that apply to elders. Yes. So, yes, you've got taboos with respect to, you know, those categories I've just uh, mentioned. For example, I grew up, uh, my father is Zulu from KZN, my mother is Msutu from the Free State. So I grew up in the Free State. So now um, we had, there is a taboo there when we were growing up. And this taboo had to do with uh, women clothing. Mm-hmm. So, for example, a male, whether is a child, a boy, or a, an adult male, was not allowed to touch women's clothes. Whether we're talking about a skirt, a dress, an underwear, whatever, any piece of women's clothes, mm-hmm. as a man, you were not supposed to touch that. So now, and there are implications for this. So let's say the clothes are hanging on the fence. And there is a storm coming mm. and uh, you are the only man in there. And then there is no woman in the yard. That still does not provide justification to touch those clothes. What you would have to do, you would have to go to the village, you know, go to the next door in the neighbor and mm-hmm. ask a female person there to come to your place and then remove those women's clothes. And I never understood the purpose of this particular taboo. Mm-hmm. But then as I grew up, you know, being a researcher, I got to find out that actually this particular taboo was based on the fact that the Basotho abhor incest. So incest or sexual molestation is not allowed. To an extent that if there was incest, or sexual molestation, that man, he was actually stoned to death. That's what they used to do, the ancients. Mm, mm. You see that? So, so now, so that, that was, now that is a taboo that specific, that is specific to the men, for example. And of course, uh, today, those, that, that particular taboo does not exist anymore. And what do we hear? We hear about rape sexual molestation, even incest, stuff like that. So so these taboos, so the, they the, are so, there. So the reason. one yeah. thing you're also saying is that there is a degree of evolution that happens with all of the domains of uh, cultural imperatives. Uh, there is some movement that does happen. Uh, yes, but uh, I also want to caution us about the word evolution, because the word evolution uh, comes from Charles Darwin, okay. who talks about the change of of um, of the species of the organisms. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, uh, what uh, African cosmology emphasizes, African philosophy, is the concept of pair, which means like which like for example, hopela, uh, hopema. So, survival experience is a very important principle. Uh, amongst uh, African ancients. So, and, and the reason why I'm kind of still <laughs> steering away from the weight concept of evolution is because evolution is very much about change. And it's very important to know that change is something that must be, that is volatile, meaning that it can produce positive results. And negative but change results. can also produce negative results. Exactly. In fact, I'm an engineer myself by training, 
And we have this idea in engineering that says that change introduces instability. So, so that's why uh, we have principles that govern change. So if you're going to change a system, uh, you need to make sure that uh, those changes are small changes. Okay. So that you you see that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In fact, we, we, we've got on the line the gentleman who started uh, the discussion on the show yesterday. Thank God he managed Michael. to get through. Uh, and uh, we have a couple of uh, uh, listeners who want to uh, directly engage you. Faisal and West Dean, you've got a question uh, for Dr. Zulu. Hi, Faisal. Hi. hi, 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 hi. You see what Hello. you've done. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm laughing you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. What I, what I want to say is that you know I I, I understand the, the the intricacies of 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 the culture, but it doesn't it doesn't mean that the the, the doctor providing the meaning of the culture that it makes it right. I'm 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 guided by in South Africa by our constitution, and our constitution has clear values of equality. And and and, uh, and many of the cultural practices goes against the uh, the idea of equality of of, of all our citizens. Uh, a, 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 a culture that discriminates against women is not a positive culture. In our especially in South Africa, where we have so much of gender-based violence, and we're trying to get to to rid of the uh, of of our society of this particular. Uh, a problem, uh, a, a culture that that says that women are not equal to men discriminates against women, and it all in 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 that <clears> sense, <throat> in that sense when you, when you, when you have a culture that that says women are are subservient to men, for example, mm. it, it it creates the impression that 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 uh, that uh, that uh, uh, amongst our society that women are, are therefore. Uh, uh, Second-class citizens, and therefore not not equal to me. Are subservient. Also, yes, subservient. Mm. And it also leads it also leads to the to the the, the, the problem of patriarchy and problem of gender-based violence. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't get away with that particular with, with that particular aspect of it. And 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 I and I also find it difficult that you have positive culture and you have negative culture. And negative culture to me to me means something that goes against our the 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 the, the 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 idea of our constitutional values, the values of equality. That's very important to me at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Zulu, do you want to respond? Marcos, Marcos, yeah. No, thanks very much. Uh, so uh, so um, he has raised a number of issues here. One is the aspect of patriarchy and the aspect of the uh, constitution. Uh, so first of all, I want to say that patriarchy is not an African phenomenon. Patriarchy is a European phenomenon. So I lived most of my life in a Eurocentric society, in, in North America particularly. And you can tell this aspect of patriarchy even on language. For example, if I'm speaking to a woman and I, and I need to create a reported speech, I will say something like, I spoke to her, and her is a pronoun that specifies the gender. And that is the the the, the aspect of 
you know, patriarchy in a in a European society. In African language, uh, the same situation. I would say I spoke to Yena, mm-hmm. and Yena is a pronoun, but it does not specify gender. Yes. So, so, so to begin, and you find that across all African languages, but but European languages, including Spanish, I happen to speak Spanish language. Mm. Uh, in Spanish language, you simply say something like uh, "yo yo hablo con ella," and "ella" is the f- 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 female. So, um, African now the patriarchy is a relevant problem in the South African society, in African society, basically in general. But that's because of the advent of Christianity, which brought patriarchy in the South African society and also colonialism that brought patriarchy in the African societies. And that's how patriarchy comes in this society. And also the education system that also emphasizes patriarchy. So, uh, so, so now, now when it comes to, for example, uh, let's take an, a, a word like, for example, a, a king. So a king in the African language, in Susutu, ke hosi, Zulu, Kosa, Nkosi. That is a male king. And then a female king is called Kosi Hadi. Nkosi does. Now that Hadi, that affix Hadi, it means the supreme one. So, so a female ruler is considered to be the supreme ruler, more supreme than a male. And, and you have the same in Zulu also, Nkosi Gazi. And even the King Shaga used to venerate uh, the female rulers by saying Nkosi meaning the, the great she-elephant. So, so and, and when you look at the social design of the African society, uh, mostly the most important people is going to be Rahadi and it's going to be Malume. Mm. So Rahadi is a woman who comes, who comes from the father's side, but is a woman. Mm. And mm. she's extremely important. In African societies, we don't have this concept that when a woman gets married, she takes uh, the same name of the man. That is Eurocentric we uh, don't? practice. So why we have don't we know. been we don't doing do it? For example, for example, if you we, we do it because uh, it was imposed upon us by colonial administrations, hmm. because Europeans do this. It is the European practice that a woman who gets married she must take the same name of the man. For example, if you listen to uh, the former president Zuma, his wives. They don't use Zuma. They they are, for example, Ma- Makuma, which is a maiden name. Mm. Mandul, mm. which is a maiden name. Mangema. Could, could, could that also be uh, that, uh, you know, uh, they're married customarily. Uh, if they were to marry him, uh, what, 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 you know, uh, the so-called legal way, they would be forced then to take the surname. Uh, they're not forced to take the surname because uh, the marriage is customary. Yeah, so if it's a customer marriage, that's correct. It's about, uh, let's say, uh, like myself, Zulu. Exactly. If I marry customer, but what they normally do, what they normally do, Makoti, for example, they will give Makoti a name. 
right? So they will, let's say, for example, they might give the, the name Makoti to say to her uh, Matabo. Yes. And that is a Makoti name, right? And then when she, and this is connected to her children. So if the child is a boy, then that boy, the first one will be called Tabo. Okay. And if, if, if he's a woman, she will be called Matabo. Okay, I won't ask you why you're called uh, Matabo, but uh, let, let's stay with the callers. Uh, uh, Thomas in Newcastle, uh, you want to uh, put your thoughts across. Hi, Thomas. Hey, this is KG. How are you? I'm good, Thomas. It's a good topic. You, you know, uh, I possibly will not agree or disagree with the topic in terms of how we look at it or what. But my problem is this. In our context, South Africa 2023, mm. When we engage with these things, my concern is whoever is the speaker or is leading the topic takes the topic on his or her blinkers, if you hear what I'm saying. For instance, the gentleman with you there, mm. he's speaking into all this or from a cultural perspective. When then tomorrow he's faced with the Eurocentric situation, let's say, for instance, there's been a rape. Mm-hmm. Then we, we, we go and we handle it according to the Eurocentric way. And it leaves us confused as men. It is, sorry, but for the purposes of me understanding, is there a, a different way that Africans handled rape, for example, no, Thomas? No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, let's not get sidetracked. We're talking about what you, you say suddenly, when, if, for instance, we say we are all equal with women, right? And then there comes a situation where I now must behave as I would behave to an equal. If it were a man, then it would say, were you not aware that you were talking to a woman or you were fighting with a woman? Whatever it is. In other words, I'm saying, you guys who are responsible of organizing these topics, uh, give a broader perspective in that people must understand there is a wild nation we're living in. It includes everybody. And don't take culture when it suits you. It's not my dog, eh? Let's pack it. Hello? We're listening to both you and the dog, whoever the dog belongs to. But go on. Thomas. Yes, ma. Yes, ma. Yeah, I'm saying we're we're listening to you. Uh, We're not worried about the dog. Go on. You're the one who brings the dog to our attention. Okay, forgive me for that. But but, but what I'm trying to say is let's engage on these things, understanding that tomorrow we will be looking at the Eurocentric law. Because what you're saying right now goes into the nation, and the nation will take, oh, so this is what we do as Zulus. Then tomorrow I'm faced with a situation where I must say now, this is what we do as South Africans. You see what I'm saying? For, 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 for children, they need to behave. And in the Zulu culture, children are disciplined. But in the South African constitution culture, Children should not be disciplined. Okay, I, th- I think you've you've country. you've put your point across. Thanks, Thomas Cyril in Gokstad. Hi, Cyril. Good mo- yes, good morning, KG. Interesting topic. Hi, Cyril. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. KG, I just want to ask my learning friend. I pose these questions. They're similar, you know, for the different researchers. I just want to ask the learning friend in South Africa with all these cultures. Now, let's just take New Zealand. You know. Uh, one cannot overlook the first indigenous people of a certain geographical area. Now, in South Africa, I think it's known that the Khoisan are the first indigenous. 
Now, our learned friend, when you study, where does he put, can he elaborate on the question and the question culture? And why does the media or the researchers, in my opinion, overlook the Khoi and the sand? That's my question. Thank you, Cyril. We also have some voice notes. I'm hoping you're noting everyone's uh, comments and or question, Dr. Zul, so that you can respond. Get your help on that. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. I, I will need help too from the producers. Uh, but let's hear Makuru. the voice note. Hi, KG. Uh, you know, it's also amazing how, as Africans, we have perfected things that don't even belong to us. Uh, the, the dressing of women in black clothing, it's actually not African. Uh, it was done uh, in Europe uh, after the World War uh, ended. That's how they will identify women who have lost husbands in the war. And those women would receive donations of food and get assisted with children. It's, Which it's makes not it African. colonial. We've actually just taken it and we are running with it. Hey, 100% running with it. Now my husband said, I must not wear that rubbish. Uh, thanks. My name is Bongi. Hey, this is KG. A, a comrade in Emalashen. Ah, no, he's, he's, he's not being honest. Okozila, one of the most you know oppressive uh, practices, you know that are targeting uh, women. It, it doesn't have uh, the interest uh, of uh, women. It has everything to do with men. You know, now that your man has passed, uh, now you you're more expected you know to to honor them. You know, as a, a woman, as a lady. Uh, but if it's the other way around, <laughs> we don't see such. So, comrade, he is being economical uh, with the truth. Kumi, Pretoria. Morning, KG. This is Magdalene from Bloom. The word culture is something that I don't believe in, including tradition, because culture is anything which is can be escalated by one person mm. and that person make it a dominion and more people get involved into it with their belief and like to practice it then that thing become a culture that is why the whole continent of africa is under the culture of corruption and killing of each other because one person did it and escalated it. That is why I don't believe in culture, no tradition. Magdalene from Bloom, thank you. Hi, KG, on culture and religion, just to clarify, Islam prescribes what should be covered in your dress for a man from your navel to below your knee. For a woman, loose clothing that covers most of uh, the body, doesn't prescribe the color, all of that. That is purely cultural and geographical. Um, Islam does not oppress women wearing a, a scarf and wearing loose clothing, uh, if anything, frees you from the necessity to have to look like uh, a, a beauty queen, have a certain size and shape, etc. That, that does not impair your intellectual or any other capability. Yes, we have a few rules uh, uh, in regarding uh, the mixing with, uh, uh, you know, men or a woman for a man who is not related or, or married. Uh, but that doesn't stop growth um, and development in any way whatsoever. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I want you to respond uh, particularly to the ones because I never mm-hmm. want uh, to, us to lose the essence of what we're meant to talk about. The essence of what, to, to, what we're meant to talk about is whether or not uh, the process of Uguzila is oppressive to women and is innate in our cultural practices. Because one of the things we also omitted to talk about is the fact that historically, people say it's a practice that comes from colonial times. Um, and I think you heard uh, one of the voice notes, I think the, the earlier one references it a, 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 as such. Do you think it's, it's oppressive or does it remain relevant as you interpret culture to particularly women in 2023 in African culture? I think uh, uh, maybe uh, the, the, the problem that we have is that because our culture has been under colonial attack mm. uh, from two civilizations, one is from European civilization and the other one is from Islamic civilization. Mm-hmm. So, because the first colonizers of Africa are the Muslims, right? In the in the late 600 AD, you know, Muhammad and so forth. And then later on, the Europeans came, right? So, 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 so we have those two things, two uh, forces that really attacked African culture. And so we have some influences from the Islamic side, Arabic side, and we have some influences from European side. Mm. So sometimes we get confused as to whether which is African and which is not. And perhaps what Magdalene was saying in the voice note is correct, that culture ultimately, somebody takes something on and a lot of other people follow with it. Uh, You know, she makes a drastic example, says culture. Uh, I mean, corruption has become our culture because, you know, we've watched it be done over and over again. It's starting to be normal. We once had a DG uh, of a, you know, government department say, uh, you know, when people were questioning uh, certain amounts of money that were meant to be spent on a soccer team and said what that person had said is un-South African, almost implying as if being South African uh, is intrinsically linked to the process of corruption. But I think you get the example that Magdalene was trying to oh, make. Oh, no, that, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Interpreting, and what I want to say is that to that point, I want to say that it is not the culture that is corrupt. Mm. Uh, cor- corruption comes from political structures. That's where the corruption is. For example, the economy that we have, the economic structure that we have in South Africa. Doctor Zulu, what I'm saying is is it true what Magdalene said that culture sometimes is almost like a fashion, a trend. Somebody says, okay, I'm starting this. And the next person says, okay, I'm going to run with it too. And another one says, we're going to run with it. And before you know it, everyone is running with it. And then we say, it is our culture. No, I don't agree with that. Uh, What she's referring to, what she thinks is culture is not culture, is a practice, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Just like you can have a a fad or you can have a fashion, Mm -hmm. you know, like you know, potato uh, or uh, or ivy, whatever you know, and people can call those culture. Yeah. No, that is just a practice. When we talk about culture, we are talking about ancestral knowledge that has been there 
for many generations. Answer me here before they they tell me to stop because time has run out. Here's what happens when uh, a man and a woman lose a spouse in African culture. A man, a woman will be adorned with black clothing from head to toe. Most of the time uh, will, uh, you know, uh, stay in that clothing uh, for a year, will not be allowed to date, will not be allowed to be home before uh, the sun sets, etc. You know the practices they're, they're varied, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, in yeah. principle, they're the same. But a, a man loses a wife, right? And he wears yeah. a piece of clothing almost the size of a 50 cent or a 20 cent coin on his arm for a shorter period, whether that be six or eight months. But at a certain point, he's allowed, even it's acceptable that he will start to uh, to date because, you know, men do that as, as people perceive it. Uh, but the expectation would be different uh, for, for women uh, than for men. Is it a patriarchal practice? The process no. for women? No. Okay. No, no, no. It's, it works like this. It works like this. They apply to both of them. Mm-hmm. So if a woman loses a husband, for example, mm-hmm. so she'll go on to a mourning period and the mourning period is it can be three months, six months or 12 months, mm-hmm. depending on the culture, for example. And then the same applies to the men. It's going to be the same length of period, mm-hmm. either three months, six months, or 12 months. Yes. And during that period, right, they cannot engage in pleasure-seeking activities. Both of them. Both of them. It's not specific to a woman or a man. Okay. Right? Okay. okay. Yes. Okay. Very, very important. Let's leave it there. Um, but I hope mm. to one day, uh, you know, have more time again to talk the intricacies of the various cultures. Dr. Zulu Matawa Zulu, African historian and author based at the Madisebo University. It's 1101. Luyanda Maome standing by with the news.